3: And hello. Welcome in Monday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Hope everybody stayed safe over the weekend. Some crazy weather moved through New Albany, especially on Sunday morning. Kind of caught everybody off guard. Reports of a couple touchdowns by a small level tornadoes, but still enough to do some damage. And kind of scary, but hope everybody is getting back in their Monday routine and glad to be back with you this week here for our program let's take a look at the show lineup a service of Honeybaked Tam in New Albany segment 1 as always coming out of the weekend a lot of headlines to get to mckenzie Mbako. he was the big name for iu basketball recruiting over the weekend he was on campus a recent duke decommit who's considering indiana among a handful of other schools a big time prospect a guy that's 2023 class, so he would be uh, wherever he chooses over the next few weeks, we think. uh, He would be reporting to that school June 1st or so to play college basketball next season, and we know that Indiana's roster definitely could use a boost or two Uh, heading into the offseason, and as we start to think uh, about next season uh, for the Hoosiers in the Big Ten Conference. So that's something that we'll catch up on. Plenty of other notes, both IU, football, local, and more. Stay with us for all that coming up here in segment number one. Later in the show, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star is always with us. Our segment with Zach on Monday is a great way to kickstart our IU discussion, kind of get in early on some topics of the week, and we'll do so with Zach when he joins us coming up a little bit later today. And then Mondays, we always have Chad Gilbert. Chad is the Charlestown Athletic Director. He's our local representative on the IHSA Executive Board, and we're heading into a good time. High school baseball and softball are heading into the postseason. In fact, on the baseball side, the Hoosier Hills Conference Tournament is this week, and boy, that is always a lot of fun and kind of a precursor to the postseason, and the end of the school year is just around the corner, and summer league basketball, and travel basketball, and recruiting live periods, and so much more coming up to keep us busy here in the downtime between the college football and basketball seasons, and so we'll get into some of that with Chad today when he's with us as well. That's the lineup, the service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can take them to go. Or, of course, curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And the Thornton's text line is open. My daily reminder to you, the number 502 414 1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can send in a question, a comment. It can be anything related to IU or local sports or whatever you want to talk about. These off-season shows, we stay busy, but it's a good time for your input. So send me a text, put the number in your phone, the number 502-414-1450. Again, 502 414 1450. It's the Thornton's text line. If you're looking for an icy, cold, thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come by today, grab a fountain drink from Thornton's, and shoot us a text on the text line 502 414 1450. All right, let's get into some headlines for this Monday program. First off, big weekend for the IU coaching staff because Mackenzie Mbako was on campus for an official visit. Remember, he's six foot eight. He's a 2023 player, so he's a senior in his final days or weeks of high school. He's from New Jersey and uh, just had an, a visit in Bloomington. Now, Indiana is a uh, Obviously, just one of a handful of schools in the running. I saw a report that Mbaco is scheduled to take a official visit to Louisville for the upcoming weekend, but other schools that are involved in him, St. John's where Rick Bettino is at now, obviously maybe with a little bit of a hometown or regional advantage and I saw Rick Bettino just got a big transfer out of the portal from UMass over the weekend, so he's already beginning to strike in and bring in some big talent to St. John's, I think as everybody expected him to do so. Kansas, probably the most prestigious of the four schools that Mbako is considering. Uh, He committed to Duke, picked Duke over Kentucky, but Kansas was also on his list as well. Of course, Indiana, he was there this weekend. He could play off of Xavier Johnson this upcoming season. And, of course, with big man, seven-footer Kellell Ware. But uh, Louisville, another school to watch. Boy, Kenny Payne is really cleaned up this offseason, taking a dismal opening year with lots of disappointments and lots of wondering what his future would be like in Louisville. I don't know what the Cardinals will be like for sure next year, but they have made some big improvements as far as picking up people in the offseason. That is for sure. So with that said, uh, that's where things stand for. McKenzie Mbaco, a big name. Now, we've talked about this. Mike Woodson and staff have done well Uh, picking up some late additions. Remember Tamar Bates. And each of the last couple years, Indiana has been able to add somebody because of a coaching change or a late release of an NIL, or I should say an NLI, a National Letter of Intent. So many abbreviations and initials these days. So could Mbako be the latest for the Hoosiers? Uh, That is something to consider. We'll see how his recruiting plays out. But it does seem, with an official to Indiana over the weekend, Louisville reportedly coming up this next weekend, that he could be, and given the fact that he's a senior and high school's wrapping up and he just decommitted from Duke, you would think that he would be making a commitment here in the very near future. Also, Indiana announced over the weekend six players are now graduates, Trace Jackson-Davis, with a sport marketing degree. Xavier Johnson, who's back for another year, he's got a degree in liberal studies. Miller Kopp, also a degree in liberal studies. Anthony Lill, who's back, entrepreneurship degree. Nate Childress, the walk-on who transferred after entering the portal, he's got a degree in management. And Michael Ship, another walk-on, he's got a degree in business. So six graduates with degrees, even though of course, some of those guys like Miller Kopp are going to continue on, or, excuse me, like Xavier Johnson are going to continue on in their college basketball career. A number of uh, degrees from IU graduates this year. And on the women's side as well, uh, Grace Berger, Mackenzie Holmes, and Ariel Wisney, they all have graduated as well. And then football-wise, 20 spring and summer graduates. Uh, some will be back with the program for the 2023 season but a number of IU football degrees and graduates this offseason as well saw a note about Jordan Geronimo former Hoosier going to be really interesting to watch his next move he's going to be at Maryland also in the Big Ten next season so he will be someone that Indiana fans see twice next year once at Maryland and of course once at Assembly Hall and Jordan was on a radio show the Glenn Clark radio show, I'm assuming it's up in the Maryland area. And he said, quote, as a player at Indiana, always wondered what it was like to be a player on the other side at Assembly Hall. Well, uh, Jordan's going to get that opportunity, and I can say and guess that the students and the fans probably will not take it easy on him. I'm sure there will be some that will cheer him on and remember his time at Indiana, but he will find out about that raucous environment at Assembly Hall when the Terrapins come to town next year. I thought that was a funny quote, an interesting quote, uh, from Geronimo over the weekend. Also, IU football, I, I I know we've talked a little bit about where things stand in the offseason, some of the commitments, some of the transfers. It's been a very active all season. I think you could uh, say for the Hoosiers and Probably expect some additional movement between now and the summer. But the IU football schedule set Ohio State on September 2nd. So what are we? We're in May. We've got June, July, August, September. We are under four months away until kickoff in the college football season. Indiana getting started early on September 2 with a really tough opponent. Ohio State in Bloomington. Uh, The fact that it's in Bloomington and it's a good tailgate opportunity and a fun way to begin the year is probably the best thing I can tell you about that game because it's going to be a tough one for Indiana. It gets a lot easier week two. They'll play a Friday night game on September 8th against Indiana State in Bloomington. Then I'm really curious about this one, September 16th a neutral site game in Indianapolis. The Hoosiers will take on Louisville. I think that's a football series, really a basketball series as well that makes a lot of sense to be played on a regular basis. So pretty cool to see the football guys getting hooked up beginning this season. Then Indiana plays Akron on September 23rd in Bloomington before jumping back into Big Ten action the rest of the way, Maryland, Michigan, Rutgers, Penn State, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State, and of course the Purdue rivalry game on November 25th, right around Thanksgiving to close out the regular season and the Big Ten championship game in early December on December 2nd. I'm curious if you're an IU football diehard, or even if you're not, and you're thinking ahead about that schedule in that season opening game against Ohio State, what do you predict Really early on, the IU football record to be. I don't think I could. Project a good record. I think they're going to win some games out of the conference. Uh, The Big Ten is still so much unknown with the transfer portal and things shaking out here over the spring. I think we'll know a lot more, a lot like basketball when we get a little further into the summer and some of the practices are underway. But I think it could be another tough year for Tom Allen and the Hoosiers, but we will see. Still probably early to predict that. Local sports, a lot of activity over the weekend. Floyd Central. Got a win on Charlestown, a local game on Friday night. I saw the Floyd Central softball team. They scored their 20th win over the season. And, you know, I mentioned some damage over the weekend. That tornado, a touchdown uh, just outside of IUS or perhaps on the IUS campus. I rode through campus yesterday. I'll tell you what, there are trees down everywhere on the IU Southeast campus right off of Grantline Road. I think there were probably 9, 10, 11 tree service trucks with grinders and crews rolling yesterday because commencement at IUS taking place this afternoon. So a quick cleanup, trying to get things presentable and reasonable. Don't think there was a lot of damage, if any, to the buildings on campus, but just down the road at the intersection of Mount Tabor and Grant Line Road at New Albany's baseball field, which is on the campus of Mount Tabor Elementary School, The center field fence uh, coming in and some damage there. So New Albany set to host the sectional. They'll be hard at work trying to get that repaired and back up. I'm sure they'll work it out in time for the baseball sectional, but uh, weather causing an issue yesterday. And if you're a local athletic director, these last few weeks of the month of May, and especially as we get into the postseason, you're hoping for no rain and that we finally get into some good summer sun and weather because there is so much to be accomplished between now and June 1st from a high school sports perspective that any kind of major storm like yesterday or damage, that's obviously the worst-case scenario, can really throw things off the rest of the way. But uh, high school baseball, some fun weeks ahead with uh, the baseball sectional on the line coming up as well. That's a look at our headlines for this Monday edition of the program. Still ahead, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will dive into the transfer portal, IU basketball, IU football as well. Also still ahead, Chad Gilbert athletic director at Charlestown and IHSA executive board member. We'll get into things from a local perspective coming up on the show. As we go to break, Bronny James, the oldest son of Lakers star LeBron James. He was the top uncommitted player in the class of 2023. He announced on Saturday his commitment to USC. Uh, Bronny, the number 26 player in the 2023 class, according to 247 Sports. He picked USC over Ohio State and Oregon. So we had a chance to see Bronny in the Big Ten on a regular basis, but uh, he spurns his home state. I guess that's what you'd call him, Buckeyes, for the University of Southern California. To a commercial break we go. Zach Osterman on IU is next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daily at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison.
3: And we're back on this Monday edition of the program. A couple of Big Ten notes to pass along. This one is a big one. Big Bowie of Northwestern and all Big Ten guard uh, got uh, tons better this past season, I thought, uh, and helped Northwestern reach March uh, Madness. The NCAA tournament uh, for the second time in school history will return for the Wildcats this upcoming season. So a huge return There for Northwestern, of course, that's worth noting because of Northwestern being a fellow Big Ten Conference member. Also, Howard transfer from Howard University, Elijah Hawkins, he is committed to uh, Minnesota, it's being reported. So, uh, nice pickup there for Minnesota, but a huge pickup for Northwestern with Boo Booey returning to play for the Wildcats next season. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star is my guest. And Zach, I tell you, there's plenty to talk about today, but... Boo-Booey, that's a big return for Northwestern. The transfer portal, you never know what kind of news and when, but it has produced so much interest this offseason. And, of course, I'm sure a lot of Big Ten coaches maybe shrug just now with the return of Booey to Northwestern. He had a great year last season for the Wildcats.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he was probably one of the best, you know, maybe you'd say individual playmakers. And I'm not trying to do down Northwestern's offense more widely, but, but just, You know his ability, and you think about, of course, how Northwestern beat Indiana up in uh, up in Evanston with him making that last second shot. His ability to just kind of get downhill, get to a spot where he can take something he's comfortable with. In addition to everything else, he can do his range, his passing ability. He's obviously not the most, maybe not the most efficient guard in the league, but certainly um, one of the most creative, and you know, just really, I think, one of those fulcrum players for. Uh, a, a Northwestern team that surprised a lot of us, if not all of us, last season, finishing where they did in the league, winning some of the games they won, even you know getting um, to the round of thirty-two in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, getting him back, you know, feels like you're able to sort of sell the idea of, of running it back and just building on what Northwestern did last season. Which is, of course, and I completely understand, I'm not picking on Chris Collins uh, or not meaning to. But that was, you know, kind of the one criticism of him after Northwestern's last trip to the NCAA tournament was that, you know, it, it really wasn't built upon. Um, you know, he kind of built toward getting a team into the tournament. Then he did that, and then it, it just kind of went stale again. Um, you know, this feels like maybe the sort of the sort of move that allows. Uh, Northwestern to feel like it can get some stability here and, and really get its feet underneath it and compete at a maybe a more consistent level towards the top of the conference.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Zach, let's stay with basketball from an IU perspective. Obviously, the big news out of the weekend is McKenzie Mbaco, the Duke decommit. He was on campus, uh, Indiana, St. John's, Louisville, Kansas, Uh, really the four schools he is considering at this point. And he's a player that's not only a big name, but somebody that comes in immediately because as he graduates high school in the next few weeks, uh, he would be expected to report to whatever school he chooses probably sometime in early June. So a really big name, out there late, making a change, making a decision coming up. Everybody wants to know any early word out of Bloomington, any insight into how the official visit went.
2: Not a ton, to be honest. And, and I, you know, my impression, um, is that that's, that's pretty, that, that's kind of the way his family wants it. Um, they're, they're trying to go through this, this process sort of the second time with maybe a level of speed and efficiency and, and, um, you know, I, I don't know, subtlety is probably the right word. Um, I haven't seen many, of any, interviews he's done following these visits. And listen, you know, when he did the St. John's visit, uh, there, there was sort of this, like, vibe on the wind that wasn't coming from anywhere credible, but it, it was still there that, you know, maybe that St. John's landed a visit, and Rick Pitino, and, uh, you know, he was going to stay closer to home because he goes to Roselle Catholic, and I, I believe he's from the New Jersey area, New Jersey-New York area originally. Um, and then he went to Kansas, and it was kind of the same thing. Kansas, you know, uh, Kansas insiders were saying... Kansas knocked his socks off, and they've got an obvious need for him with the guys that have gone, and they just got Hunter Dickinson, so there's all this momentum. And boy, you know, Kansas feels like they're they're powering through it. And then, you know, I, I, you saw a lot of that this weekend out of Indiana. And of course, there were a number of different photos and videos posted from his, his official visit. And if, if you're Indiana, certainly, um, you know, you, 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 <laughs> it would be bad news if you know, they weren't putting that stuff out there if, if, if you know, people if presumably the family weren't sort of saying, you know, hey, you can have access to, to put this stuff on the internet or whatever you want to say. Um, but I, I also always say, you know, after these these sorts of visits and things, it's worth remembering that, you know, you'd, you'd be doing your job pretty poorly if a kid didn't have a positive impression of you immediately following the official visit. As of now, um, the, the uh, expectation is he will take that last visit to Louisville I believe this coming weekend um, you know if if that doesn't happen then I would imagine that means a decision has been made and I will say that uh, you know you mentioned the, the timeline he's he's facing here um, I do think something is going to come soon whether he makes the Louisville visit or not if he makes the Louisville visit then maybe you push it pushes it into next week if he doesn't then maybe it's because we find out something this week um, but it it does feel like a decision that's coming soon. Um, you know, I, it, it, if you ask me sort of the vibe I'm getting, and, and I, I'm always hesitant to do this with recruiting because stuff can change right away. And it's really easy to also just kind of be, you know, little morsels of information can be blown out of proportion into sort of gospel news. And it turns out they were never really that reliable to begin with. I do think Indiana put a good foot forward. That, that's the one thing, the one sort of impression that I, I, I feel pretty confident Um Kind of putting out there is that it, it really does seem from everything I've heard from everything I've seen um, that Indiana felt like it did basically everything it could in terms of, you know, making the official visit enjoyable, informative, selling Indiana, selling Mike Woodson, selling the role that they'd have for McKinsey and Baca, which obviously would, would likely be uh, pretty substantial, maybe more substantial than, than even Kansas, even though Kansas obviously has lost Brady Dick and Jalen Wilson, both. Um, But again, I don't. You know, I think there's been a. There, there seems to be a real uh, emphasis from Mbako and his family on not getting carried away through any part of this process, and on really seeing the whole process through. And so, I don't think you know. I don't think anybody was going to sort of commit in the heat of the moment or anything like that this weekend. As I said, I think Indiana has probably done about as much as it could do and and I just have to wait and see if that's enough
3: all right talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star Zach you know lots of talk about recruiting and the transfer portal and so forth this time of year Uh, let's go through the calendar as it stands today is Monday May 8th later this week Thursday May 11th that's the last day for players to enter the transfer portal that's correct right
2: uh, if you're not a graduate transfer, graduate transfers can enter or leave whenever they're not beholden to deadlines. For standard uh, no, standard players, normal, but players who want to transfer as undergraduates, a la what Peyton Sparks has done, what Kalil Ware has done, you have to be in the portal by May 11th. All
3: right, so May 31st is the next important date. You've got the NBA Combine coming up, and then on May 31st, early entrance uh, must decide if they're going to stay in the NBA draft or return to college. So could there be some connection between maybe late portal entries by guys that are nearing their decision for stay in the draft, not stay in the draft, get an agent, don't get an agent? Could that have any late little push? I mean, I think last year, didn't we see a little push in the last 24 hours or so of the portal to get in there for guys that weren't the graduate players?
2: I mean, yeah, I think they're, I think there will be, you know, movement in, in basically a variety of ways. A lot of which you, you, you laid out there in terms of, you know, maybe guys who've been on the fence about portaling, but have, you know, decide at the last minute they're going to go ahead and go. Guys, you know, Jordan Dingle, I think the the, the the Ivy League Player of the Year from Penn, who Indiana I think very much at least wants to be heavily involved in recruiting um i don't don't think dingle has gotten too deep into the recruiting process but he is one of those players you talked about who is in the nba early entry group and i think as far as i know has not withdrawn yet he's still there but he's also put his name into the portal which you know would obviously suggest sort of paving a path back to um back to, to college for him and i and you know i think like dingle as an example i believe he graduates from Penn. I don't think you can go back to Penn because the Ivy League, unless something has changed, you're not allowed to compete as a graduate student in the Ivy League. Unless uh, I may be slightly misunderstanding that rule, but I believe as a, as a blanket rule that is generally the case. Um, the it, it, so you're going to have players like that. You're going to have some players that maybe um, you know get through the combine or, or you know put them. Put their names in the portal, thinking they'll stay in the draft, but just giving themselves that option. But then they get through maybe the combine or some interviews or something, and they realize that you know maybe going back is a better option for them. Um, you know, and, and you're always going to have you know a lot of those players will have agency representation. And I'm not suggesting people will be breaking rules around tampering or anything like that. But if you have you know listen, if, if you have an agent and an agent works for some other players, and you get through the NBA draft process and you're not getting maybe the feedback that you'd love to get and your agent also represents some players that have gone um, back to you know, gone back to to college or or have have landed big NIL deals in college, that that agent is at least allowed to come to you and say, hey listen, I think this is the kind of, you know, sort of market of opportunities you would be looking at if you went back to college if you were in the portal and bigger schools, you know, schools with maybe more NIL resources around them we're able to recruit you. So the point is there's a lot that's still fluid. And at the top of the, you know, at the top of our conversation there, you you talked about how the portal has just kind of changed a lot of things around this time of year. It has created this, you know, this new season of kind of roster flux and and roster sort of management that is probably a lot more familiar to folks, you know, on the professional side of the game, I think is also, you know, kind of one of the things that sometimes it's a little overblown. It's worth saying, like I, I say this a lot, Indiana did not take a single player out of the portal last off season. You don't have to go into the portal. You don't have to lose a ton of guys to the portal. Sometimes you will just be steady, Eddie, with your roster. Um, but it has created kind of this this new season almost that I think is I don't say it's de-emphasized the other parts of the calendar, but I think it's almost like this was kind of the time that was really quiet and not that while ago. And I think now what's happened, especially with some of the on-court instruction that coaches can do. In June and July, now it's almost like that's the part of the, the the schedule now, where it's like, yeah, you've got to do some high school recruiting, obviously in July, you've got your evaluation periods and those sorts of things. But it's almost like that's a little bit quieter, a little bit more team centric now than it used to be. Um, and you know, you, you you know, April and May is almost the, the more intensive part of the off season in some respects for coaches. It obviously keeps fans entertained. Um, you know, believe me, I've, I've seen fans talking about turning on Twitter notifications for recruiting reporters and things like that. We've been doing that in the European soccer transfer window for years, man. I mean, you, you, don't, you don't have the minerals for it if you're not prepared to turn on notifications for random Italian reporters based in South America you've never heard of covering some Brazilian central midfielder that you hadn't heard of until two weeks ago that you're convinced is the next Ronaldinho. We've been doing this forever. Um, and it's, it is theater in its own way. It's, it's remarkable um, the, the way that it can change perceptions and energize fan bases, and it's obviously going to be crucial for Indiana here in the next few weeks.
3: Yeah, I've never heard that comparison, but it
2: makes sense. Uh, Zach Austin. Oh, trust yeah. me, if you don't even want to know the accounts. I'll turn on Twitter notifications. I mean, we're talking, you know, journalists that are based in West Africa tweeting in French, and I'll <laughs> take everything they say as gospel in June and July it. until the. Until the, until the player's pulling off the shirt for the camera, giving the thumbs up, doing the lean at the training ground, I'm, I'm you know, the, honestly, the, the less likely you are to, to tweet in English, uh, the more likely I probably am to believe you because I, I've seen so many of, like, the Liverpool reporters lie to me and get bad information that, that I will believe anything further and further afield. I'll believe the American ITKs before I believe the British ones. Trust me, you'll convince yourself uh, of of all manner of things if it means signing the players you're in love with.
3: I love it. Zach Osterman, not only our IU expert on Mondays, but also a big-time soccer man. That's for sure. I'd forgotten about that. So thanks for the tie-in there. Zach, as we close out today... Uh, obviously the transfer portal is dominating headlines indiana has some scholarships left for next season regardless what happens with imbaco uh, it, it i feel confident that indiana is going to fill a couple more spots is, do you feel the same same way
2: yeah i mean i i think these these roles will get filled it's it, it, at least one of these scholarships probably has to and i think that's you probably need more guard help if, if you're Indiana. Like you know, if, if nothing else, you don't really have an auxiliary point guard at the moment. I know Trey Galloway has done some of that. I, I would argue that last season, as good as he got at it, was also probably evidence you don't want him to have to do it too much because you really want him to be able to sort of you know when he on offense get off the ball so much of his, his three point shooting improvement last season came moving off the ball. He's so good off the ball in terms of back cuts and, you know, back screens and things like that, a little sort of, you know, pocket offense over in corners. And then you also want him to be putting a lot of his effort into his, his defensive ability and, and his ability to really defend and rebound from the guard position uh, better and better as if you look at kind of across the course of his career. And so I think at very least, you know, and even a guy like Jordan Dingle maybe isn't necessarily a point guard in name, but he's somebody who is so comfortable with the ball in his hands and is so comfortable sort of initiating and creating and and, you know, just sort of running offense that he can be the guy that is sort of steadying the ship when Xavier Johnson's not on the floor. I know you've also got Gabe Cups coming in, and I think, you know, in an ideal world by the end of the season, Gabe Cups is comfortable enough running as almost sort of a backup point guard. But you don't want to put that on him right away. You don't want him to walk in the door. You don't really want to do this with almost any freshman. You didn't, you know, I mean, listen, Jalen Picciapino might be a lottery pick this summer, and you didn't want to do it with him. Just walking in the door and saying, okay, you know, now you're going to do 15, 20 point guard minutes a night. You know, hope you're ready. Um, that's a lot, especially in a system as advanced as what Mike Woodson wants to run. That's a lot to put on a young player. And so I think at very least you need some more help in that backcourt area. Um, and then, you, you know, if the right player is there, and, of course, McKenzie and Baco looks for all the world like the kind of player Indiana would want. Um, you, you really could use some sort of dynamism on the wing, at least the ability to to stretch the, the floor at the three-point line and rebound the ball, um, you know, a la what Miller Kopp did. I don't know that you need to go into next season with all 13 scholarships filled, but I, I do think if you're Indiana, you'd, you'd really like to have at least one more player probably to...
3: Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. He is with me Mondays on the show. Zach, as always, thanks for the great insight, and we'll talk again next Monday.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, as always.
3: All right, good stuff from Zach once again today. Uh, Don't forget that the Big X Sports Radio golf card is now available. A lot of Southern Indiana courses on the card this year, and this year's card features Park Mammoth down in Kentucky, Old Capitol Golf Club in Corden, Elk Run and Jeff, Valley View in Floyd's Knobs, Wooded View in Clarksville, and of course, Christmas Lake down in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round with the 2023 Big X Sports Radio Golf Card. Supply is limited. Get yours today, bigxsportsradio.com. Again, bigxsportsradio.com or call 812-725-1457. Again, 812-725-1457. Great deal. Not many left. Get on it today, the Big X Sports Radio Golf cart with a lot of Southern Indiana flavor. We'll head to a commercial break, come back and chat some local sports with Chad Gilbert, athletic director at Charlestown High School. High school baseball, great sectionals ahead. Uh, Lots of other things going on in basketball as well. We'll catch up on all of that coming up next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Monday edition of the program. Don't forget the Thornton's Text Line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's Text Line. You can send in your questions, comments, topics, whatever. We'll do our best to work them on the air each day during the program. And a reminder that if you miss our live show, 11 a.m. each weekday, most weekdays, unless we have a bats game or other conflict, but you can catch us live if you can't, we can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison and you'll find us there. But uh, no matter how you join, uh, appreciate the feedback, appreciate the listenership, and uh, appreciate you being with us for sure each day here on the show. Mondays, we start the week talking some local sports with Chad Gilbert. Chad is the athletic director at Charlestown High School, former coach in the area, also an IHSA executive board member representing our area as well. And Chad, I know it's a busy time and we've got lots to talk about, but you're the one guy or one of the few guys that comes on this show I can talk a little bit of NBA with. And I'll tell you what, that Nuggets-Suns series uh, is heating up. It took a big level up last night, I thought. And I think it's going to be a classic finish to see what happens out west there in the NBA.
1: I just can't get over how much I love the NBA playoffs. It is rivaling March Madness to me. I mean, it is creeping up just because of how good, how well coached all the teams are. I mean, it's offensive schemes versus defensive schemes. It's a, it's a chess game. And the players, I mean, are just unbelievable athletes, unbelievably skilled, and it's, you know, it, it really is a work of art. If you get past the crying and this and that and the other star, and you kind of watch – it's kind of like baseball. If you kind of watch the game within the game, my gosh, Matt, there is some good, good basketball being played. You know, the one thing that stands out to me, and I know we have a text thread that goes on and we get on, you know, different colleges, and different coaches, and different stuff. Man, there's a lot of Kentucky players in the league getting there. And it's it just – amazes me, you know, and I know that's kind of Cal's deal, you know, that he's getting guys, and that's what he sells them on, is getting them ready, but he's not lying. He gets the best, and he gets them ready for the league, and my goodness, they produce. It is, it is just such good basketball. It's great to watch. Uh, the time frame is great at night. I mean, you can fall asleep, wake up, and there's, you know, they're, they're replaying it again. You can just catch stuff over and over. Um, and I just think the farther it goes, the better it is. It's one of those deals, Matt, that the matchups created, from game to game, from week to week, from series to series, just plays so much and with who's gonna advance.
3: All right, you you said something about Kentucky players in the NBA. A quick Google search, a story as of April fifteenth of this year, so just about a month ago, twenty six former Kentucky basketball players were active at that late portion of the season on NBA rosters and over half were on teams that made the NBA playoffs. That is unbelievable.
1: Oh, and it, it, You think about that, man. That's two teams, and it's uh, it, it is unbelievable how you know Coach Cal identifies those players to how he gets those guys ready for the next. You know, he sells them on it, and how he gets them ready for the next level. Because I mean, they produce better than the NBA than what they do at Kentucky. And it's amazing that the projections they've got for these guys and how he does make dreams come true down there.
3: Yeah, amazing, Chad. Except for Kentucky fans. I want to, yeah, I want to, I want to bring up a local tie to the Phoenix Denver game last night. We have a mutual friend, Jeff Crawford. He sent a message this morning with a screenshot of the scuff up or whatever you want to call it between Denver and I believe it was the Phoenix Suns owner. The security guard that intervened right there in the screen. Uh, I believe it's a guy named Bobby McGee from Jeffersonville. Now I don't know Mr. McGee, but I was just talking from someone recently that said he had a very important security guard position uh, with the team, with the Phoenix suns team. So it would make sense that he was at the game court side and had obviously access to intervene in something like that. But did you see that uh, screenshot? And did you make that local tie last night back to Jeffersonville?
1: I did not make that tie. Um, but I do know Bobby, and I do know that he was—he is connected through that. Um, now, you may – I may be off on this. I don't think I am. I'm, I'm going back in a long, long ways. Bobby was, I want to say, Brandon McGee's dad? Mm-hmm. Do you remember Brandon that played at Jeff and about – he was after – the year after – Jimmy Justice's second year, the year after um, – Kendall and uh, that crew come through there. It was the follow-up year. It was he and uh, oh Gary. Actually, Gary didn't end up playing that year. It was um, Eric Valentine and that crew who came in that following year. But uh, Brandon McGee had a heck of a senior year at Jeff High. Do you remember that, Matt? Do you remember that year? I'm going to say Stretch Me Out 2008.
3: I remember him, Brandon, but I do not know the connection
1: and i'm not i'm not, I'm not 100% but i'm a, i'm pretty sure on that one but uh i do know bobby is involved heavy in that one i've sent verification fact check to nick duran nick duran <laughs> does have connection to bobby and he will uh answer that question with picture as soon as possible but uh not a better guy than him um a quick story on that is um larry sigler do you remember larry sigler yes at Jeffersonville, Larry, about 2003, four-ish, was working out at the Y, had a heart attack on the treadmill. I don't know if you remember that or not, mm-hmm. uh, but that was, you know, it was a big deal. Um, if you see Larry now, you'd never know 100% better. You know, he, he just bounced back. But don't quote me on this one. I think Bobby McGee was on the treadmill next to him and actually performed CPR and saved Larry's life.
3: Wow. Wow, so an So you know,
1: just connection. just a just a oh a great, a great man, and um, someone you know who, who's turned his job into an outstanding career. Could you imagine being security? The stuff that he's seen, the stuff that has gone through, and everything involved with that. Just a uh, just amazing. That's one of those deals that you need to get him on the show sometime, Matt. And just hear some of those stories. I'm sure some of the stories he can't tell, but I'm sure some of, he's got some great stories for that MBA.
3: It's amazing all the local connections back to this area in sports and basketball just just unbelievable. So, uh Chad, before we move on, uh you got a pick for the Nuggets Suns series?
1: You know, I, I got to go with the Suns. I mean, they're just Devin Booker has been on a tear. He just got just too much. I just think the Suns are too much. It's uh outstanding basketball, but it's going to be one of those that you're going to be glued to the TV and watching. If you're not out there, you know, if you can't stay up, DVR. I know it's not the same, but you want to see some high-level basketball, watch that. I mean, it's going to be great basketball.
3: All right, we'll bet I'll take the Nuggets. You can have the Suns. We'll have Honey Baked Ham lunch on the line.
1: So. Ooh! Now we're yeah. talking. Now we're here, talking. Here Speaking here of that, go. Matt, when am I going to see you again? I came up here yesterday to take a uh, make sure you're actually still around. If this is not an AI, Matt Dennison, I'm talking to you, I've not seen you in almost a year. It's you're on busy. hiatus. I know, I know you're busy. It's but been can you a make busy some time, time for your old buddy?
3: It's been a busy time. I'll, maybe I'll get up to Charlestown with some honey baked ham. So. Let's, uh, Ooh, let's plan talking. on that. Hey, real quick before we go, it's uh, coming down the stretch of high school sports, and you are kind of the area representative for an AD that we talk to all on a weekly basis. Uh, gosh, you look at the weather yesterday. I know some people had damage. You look at the rain today, and, of course, we're thinking about conference tournaments and sectionals and so much it has to squeeze in. And you've got all the end-of-the-year school events as well. This is a challenging time to coordinate athletics at a high school. You're so reliant on weather. You've got so many other things going on that are not sports-driven events. It, it's a tough finish to the school year.
1: Right now, the weather app is the athlete director's best friend. I'm actually texting Hank Whedon at Salem on the other line about moving our softball game up 30 minutes just so we can get it in. And you hit the nail on the head. This is probably the worst week with conference baseball tournaments, conference track meets. It's a lot of stuff that you really can't push back that you've got to jam in and get in the best you can. It's a, it's a tough time of the year, but I tell you what, it's a great time of the year. You know, as as high schools are wrapping up, we've got 14 more student days of school, Matt. Can you believe that? It just seemed like the other day when Matt Dennison was a senior walking through the halls of new Albany, we're, I'm on year 26, Matt. And we're, it's unbelievable how quick the years go by.
3: Yeah. Unbelievable. Chad Gilbert with me. Monday's, on the show, Chad. Uh, anything else? We got a couple minutes. You've got great stories. Somebody just texted me said, "Chad Gilbert has the best stories of anyone on the Hoosier Report." So you got two minutes, Chad. You got any stories for us? Well,
1: Matt. You know, I want to just know how did your derby go? Did you did you pick any winners?
3: I, I picked an. Ex- let's see here. Let m- what's the? F- I went. I went to the maximum. What's the? Is it? Uh, what's the uh, five horse pick? Is that a superfecta? Is that right?
1: I don't. I don't fire. bet. You know, somebody's paying okay. for all that new construction over there. It's the people who are betting. It's not me.
3: Well, I I made one bet, and it was a the biggest you could go as far as the number of horses, and they were boxed, so it doesn't matter how that they. And I still, Chad hit hit a big zero, so my Derby was okay, and my one bet did not make it. So.
1: Well, Matt, you think about that Derby. There's 20 horses in there that are. The best of the best. I mean, your, your best bet in the Derby is to play the game where everybody picks a name out of a hat and, and that's your winner. Coach Lynch and I were talking, you know, a day at the Derby, a day at the track, let's say Thurby on. Matt, what do you think? You're rolling in there. You you go with your wife, go with your girlfriend, whatever else it is. You get your outfit. You get to play dress up. You go over there. You eat. You sit in the box. You bet a little bit. Have a couple of drinks. Um, what do you think you're going in a day for that one for two of you? Three thousand, four thousand dollars.
3: I, I would say it's all probably about the ticket prices. I somebody did uh, this was Oaks Day. Somebody had a good seat, a table, uh, all-inclusive drinks and food. It wasn't. It was. It was pricey, but it wasn't near what I thought it would be. So I guess it depends on. How good your seat is and what the situation is, and if food and drink are included. And then you've got transportation and so many other things depending on the situation. But yeah, there, there's no question. I think the ballpark you hit for a couple people or a party of four or more, it could get there real quick based on some of the prices I've heard.
1: Matt, not how good your seat is, how good your suit is. You know, you and I are going <laughs> over there. We're dressing right from top to bottom, whether it's your hat, whether it's your shoes, whether it's your socks, your belt, it's all the accessories. That's the details that matter.
3: I agree. That's you've got Amy to style you. I don't. So that's the difference, Chad. So, but
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs>
3: thank you for being with us, Chad. Always fun. Well, appreciate it run,
1: a- Matt. Thanks for everything you do for Southern Indiana Sports. I miss you. Hope to see you up here this weekend.
3: Absolutely. Glad we had a couple extra minutes to spend, and that's going to wrap things up for this Monday program. Back with you Tuesday, 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I don't know. We'll see. Could be a big week. Could be some commitments. I don't have any inside knowledge, but it just feels like things slowly beginning to wrap up on the transfer portal. Uh, we'll see how things play out with it. McKenzie, Mbaco, and others for the Hoosiers, and uh, we'll be here every day to talk about it. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.